We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, with it being October... Oh! The Addams Family sequel, Mm -hmm. uh, Addams Family to the Grave, I assume, is what (laughs) it is called. Oh, Ricky. And back. They need you. Uh, We are going to take a look at the 1998 direct-to-video comedy horror children's film... All of those things apply to this movie, mm. Adam's Family Reunion. It's not just a sequel, it's a TV equal, uh, oh, circle yes. with a C. And uh, Ricky, we have talked about, we've talked about this movie, because yes. we've, we've done uh, uh, Adam's, Adam's Family. Family, we did Ad- Adam's Family Values, yes. and now this will be the end of an era, really, of... Yeah. Of being able to do Adam's family content. That's right. Um, and, and until like 10 years from now, I guess. Uh, wow. Yes, the Adam's family reunion is the final movie in the live action uh, trilogy, if you will. It's kind of like a, 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 a double feature plus this because it does not maintain the same continuity except for actors that it shares but really uh, only lurch and thing being the same right. actors that came back everyone else uh replaced yes yeah yeah so uh so we are going to be reviewing this movie if you don't recall uh what basically happened is after the smashing success of adam's family and adam's family values saban uh saban uh was mainly the studio that was releasing all of the 90s uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV series, as well as the short-lived uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation that is relevant information just later. Uh, so Saban negotiated to purchase the home video production rights to the Adams Family brand in order to take advantage of the direct-to-video market, which was huge, by the way. Yeah. Uh, imagine what TikTok is today. Uh, heart date this <laughs> podcast. Uh, direct-to-video market was huge, like selling things directly to video where you could just rent it from your local video store or uh, in the grocery aisle right before you get to the magazines. They had like a little direct-to-video rack. It's kind of like going straight ha- to streaming, I guess, would be. Yes. The, yeah, be like, oh, I don't have to go to the theater. It's, it's, I can get it today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually, Barney the Dinosaur, uh, before it was picked up by PBS, was a direct-to-video series that is based out in Dallas. Oh. Fun fact. Uh, but because of uh, the uh, death of Raul Julia, uh, who played Gomez in the uh, Paramount movies, um, and the underwhelming commercial performance of Adam's Family Values financially. Uh, pr- Paramount Pictures decided not to produce a third film, resulting in Saban to reboot this series, even though it wasn't officially called a reboot. Um, but uh, they originally tried to get Barry Sonnenfeld uh, to come back and direct, but he had conflicts with another movie that we have reviewed here on the podcast, the 1997 movie Men in Black. Mm. Uh, so instead, they got um, David Payne, uh, who uh, directorial experience came from making direct-to-video low-budget horror movies with 
the boy, the man, the legend, Roger Corbin. Uh, and so uh, Payne originally wanted to start with a fresh, dark fantasy film, uh, comparing the, the approach he wanted to take as a director uh, to the Coens. Uh However, Saban, being a children's-focused production company, see, remember that Power Rangers thing I told you? How's mm. going to pay back right here? Uh, so Saban wanted them to imitate Barry Sonnenfeld's film and the 1964 TV show of the same name. Uh, so any original idea that Payne had was kind of uh, guillotined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were trying to primarily make a kid-focused show. Uh, not show, but movie, but this was used as a launch pad to launch a series called The New Addams Family uh, to the networks that Saban was, um, you know, distributing material to. So that is some of the backstory into the movie that ultimately never got a theatrical release. We don't know uh, uh, any of those details that we would typically have other than it is a 91 minute movie that uh, was distributed through Warner Home Video. It was a collab between then and Saban. Uh, And we have our cast. Uh, Now, most of the original cast ultimately did not return to the project due to respect of the not only of the late raw julia but also because um christina ricci and jimmy workman were too old to reprise their role as wednesday and pugsley uh so uh none of the main cast with the exception of lurch and the thing uh played by iconic lurch and thing uh carol striken and christopher hart uh, so they returned for the story of the Adams Family Reunion, which is a story all about how the Adams Family goes on a search for their relatives. They mistakenly get invited to a different Adams instead of two Ds. There's just one because the other one got murdered. Uh, and so antics ensue and we are seen off with this movie now this movie uh was released with the mixed but mostly bad uh reviews uh not many people liked it uh for a variety of reasons which we will get to shortly but what is undeniable is this cast let grayson you know who we have in this movie oh i know who we have oh we have and it's it's bizarre to say. Is this the first time that Tim Curry? No, no, because we reviewed Clue. Never mind. We and have Tim it. and it. Uh, we have Tim Curry and we Muppet have, Treasure Island. And you're right. That's right. Tim Curry <laughs> is a re Curry character on our podcast. Have we done Home Alone too? And that have we? No, I don't know. We'll look, but, but we will. Tim Curry, Tim Curry, Tim Rook Curry, and, and Daryl Hannah, who I literally did not recognize <laughs> until I looked at the cast. I'm like, oh, Daryl Hannah's in this. Who does she play? <laughs> she must like, be more things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Daryl Hannah from Splash and Kill Bill fame uh, in this movie, and I was just just blown away now grayson mm-hmm. when i first watched this movie uh and if you've listened to this podcast before we love the paramount adams family live action movies just such 
a beautiful love letter to a property um, as like a, a comic turned to TV show, turned to live action thing. Just like what a beautiful transition. Um, and so we loved it. And so I can only compare my experience to watching this version, which had a significantly smaller budget and with none of the same cast or writers or tone or creative control. Um, once upon a time, um, as a kid, my parents largely drank diet sodas, right? <laughs> and um, and one of the sodas that my parents drank a lot was uh, Diet Dr Pepper, uh, and it was largely just because of taste. My dad didn't. My dad thought that most sodas were too sugary, uh, which is you know appropriate uh, palate for an attorney. Uh, so he's like, "This is this is too sweet." So we would always drink diet sodas, uh, and so a lot of the commercial. Advertisements for Diet Dr. Pepper at the time was just like, oh, it tastes just like Dr. Pepper. And so me only really drinking Diet Dr. Pepper, I'm like, I guess this is what Dr. Pepper tastes like. And I was fine with it. I went off to college and I had my very first Dr. Pepper. And let me tell you, that was a blatant lie. It tastes nothing like Diet Dr. Pepper tastes nothing like regular Dr. Pepper. It's an entirely different beverage. And after comparing the two, Diet Dr. Pepper kind of tastes like medicine to me. If you love Diet Dr. Pepper as a listener, I'm sorry, but I had real Dr. Pepper and I was never turning back. That analogy is how I would describe <laughs> the the palette of this movie, which is if you if you saw this movie first, uh, you'd probably be like, okay, cool. This is a these are this is the Adams family, as I've heard. They're creepy and they're kooky. You know, sure, I get it. I got it. The Adams family. And then you had the regular Dr. Pepper, which was the other two movies. You're like, oh, well, this is not, these aren't even the same. Yeah. No, I feel like that, that metaphor was longer than the movie. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. You jump into that and you're like, okay, a film version, uh, especially since we got to keep in mind all of this was adapted from the original, original property. Right. And so I, I do think this falls a little bit into the realm of like scrub season nine med school where it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that it's still the same world, but really it could have been its own thing. You could have just explored another branch of the Adams family um, and then tangentially see lurch and, and thing and all that. Um, but what I find really fascinating is whenever people review this movie, it's exactly like what you just said, where they're like, man, not a great movie, but let me just say, Tim Curry, Daryl Hannah, great. Like, they don't want not to besmirch the cast, yes. but the movie itself uh, has its own issues. And that makes sense that it was at odds with what the director wanted. Uh, you know, you couldn't get Barry Seinfeld back from the first two, and so you're, you're changing over. And then for Saban to be like, and make this really dark property just for kids. Um, yeah. Sure, you're going to end up with this, but it still has really funny uh, lines in it. Uh, like Wednesday, a lot of those classic lines. What I find interesting about Wednesday, so we didn't get Christina Ricci to come back for Wednesday, but Nicole Fuguera, Fuguera, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, she played Wednesday in this, but then would go on to play Wednesday in The New Adams Family. So you do have, even between these movies and the show that was launched from it, uh, a continuity there where it's like, okay, you're replacing most of the cast, but in each one, there's a middle of that Venn diagram to connect it to the next 
piece. And I don't think the new Adams family was supposed to be this Adams family. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think they have experienced everything that happened to Uncle Fester and all that kind of stuff. I mean, even this third movie seems to overlook a lot of that. Um, but it is interesting cast wise to see like, okay, there's, there's some continuity a little bit there that keeps it going. Yeah. And the, in the new Adams family series, I think the only other connecting thread is, uh, John Aston who, uh, played Gomez in the live action sixties Adams family, uh, came back as grandpa Adams. Mm. Uh, but uh, other than that, yeah, they all kind of, exist in their own pocket universe uh but honestly here here is my experience watching this movie because i also assume that this is your first time watching this as well grayson i think so yeah yeah so when i first watched this movie i was like oh ouch this is what like a significant budget cut looks like in real time. Uh, I was just like, oh man, like they couldn't, like the set pieces weren't as elaborate. Even just the Adams' household was just, it just felt smaller. Uh, and they were also experimenting with 1998 uh, CGI, which mm. very much screams, um, you know, Tron CD-ROM reboot mm -hmm. level CGI. Um, and I was like, oh man, like I kind of wish that they had like a better budget or just a different direction, but I was kind of wincing at the movie, but as I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I'm kind of along for the right. Like, cause it, I, I think something that was, uh, well done about this movie, uh, is that it would, the antics that the Adamses are put in, uh, still scream Adam's family. So like there, there were several times where I was like laughing. I really liked the dynamic of, um, the Adamses trying to, uh, like go to a family reunion, but like never feel like they are out of place. <laughs> like that was something that I just love is that the Adamses are just so 100%, um, all, all about who they are and they don't wonder about like their belonging in the world they're just like oh yeah no we're here and we are who we are and we just let everyone else deal with it like i love uh morticia's line whenever uh, all these other people are like eating caviar it's like oh we just eating caviar she says no thank you i much prefer them in their larvae form and everyone just, just starts throwing like, up it's like yes that's 100 morticia i get it i see it uh and so i think these characters became um their own version of each of these iconic characters that i feel like was more solidified in the other movies the longer i spent time with them so as it went on it became more and more enjoyable but when you first start out Man, it's so hard to not compare them because of what they did establish so well in the other two movies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But still great to have that story live on and explore them in different situations. And you get to see, uh, you know, what, what kind of <laughs> we're going to do a real mini. Hey, don't overthink it. Um, <laughs> like when they have the parties, you see a bunch of their family members come to the party, but right. none of them are at the reunion, which you would think right. would be the first red flag. But you know yep. what, Ricky? I'm yep. not going to overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. I'm not going to overthink it.
Yeah, because again, like this is its own separate continuity. Like he got the family. Uh, uh, what was it? The uh, he got the twenty three and Me book, and <laughs> he was just discovering a lot of his family members, and so they they were kind of doing somewhat of a uh, retcon of everything. Uh, so that I was able to accept. But yes, I mean. But what about all? Because my first question was like, "Wait, where's the baby? They, they didn't they, they just have a baby?" Ricky, uh, <laughs> that just hit me. <laughs> and as someone who just had a baby, I should have been more aware that the baby was missing. Uh, <laughs> Yikes! Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I just, uh, I distinctly remember. And they're like, "No, this is the Saban <laughs> Adams family." <laughs> Hmm. Oh, Interesting. Now I, I, <laughs> I mean, they did the same thing. Uh, M's family had a uh, animated series uh, that um, both. I want to say I can't remember where uh, it existed, but I know that it definitely took place in the '90s. Uh, right after the uh, live-action movie came out, they did the Adams Family animated show with John Aston reprising his role as Gomez in the anime series. It only lasted 21 episodes. That's very surprising. But that launched from 1992 to 1993. Uh, and they also omitted the new baby Adams because I guess new baby Adams was just part of the Moviverse mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. not the original uh, Adams Family canon yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's tough to be. It's tough to be an added character. Let me uh-huh. say that. Yeah, the old dill pickles effect. Oh yeah. And the other thing about this movie is that um, the, the the budget. You know, the budget kind of. Um, the, in the original movies, they spent a lot of time in the Adams' home, and in this movie, much like the animated sequel, the Adamses are. Going on a road trip, they are leaving their home and they are taking their kookiness and putting it into other uh, situations. Something I really would have preferred that they had done while they were still at the house is at least have one person, any character, launch out of a head cannon. Head cannon. With, you know, I mean, in this case, if the Adamses did have a head cannon, we all know that there would be. An actual head. Uh, Headcan is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, so I know that they established that this doesn't take place with the other uh, Adam's Family movie. Be that as it may, I would. My, my headcanon is that this Adam's Family is part of a larger experiment. Uh, gone horribly wrong. Uh, the Adams as a family uh, is very uh, creepy, kooky. They kind of don't make sense in any modern society. Uh, and so I think that that is because um, there are multiple Adams's families just all across uh, all, all across this, the I, I guess the world really. Uh, if anyone watched the uh, Rick and Morty episode about the uh, uh, the decoy families. I think a similar situation is happening, where basically you have all of these, basically uh, just the, these not clone, but just like 
I guess, just duplicate families that just kind of exist all over and they never interact with each other because why would they? Uh, because they just mostly keep to themselves. Uh, I think that the Adams family, uh, they just kind of exist all all over. So, mm-hmm. multi not multiverse, but just like, you know, long long distance relatives that they, they, they don't know exist. It, yeah, yeah. I did go the multiversal route just because of the amount of what if I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the idea that uh, when Thing in the background is using uh, the Ouija board, that he's communicating <laughs> through the multiverse with the other Adams oh, family. Oh, that's great. And I'm sure they didn't do this because Thing is like a set character. But if one of those had been like right-handed and the other left-handed, I think Whoa. that would show that. <laughs> show how they're connected there but then that led me to um my headcanon that thing is the way he is uh because he is the hand of one of the first mailmen uh because when the guy which they spend an inordinate amount of time on the postal worker but when he puts his hand in the mailbox goes to bite it off and then he realizes it's at the sleeve i think that mailbox was designed by thing to try to find his body try to find the person that he had been detached from um and it was probably some kind of postal worker but my, in my mind, Thing has been around for a really long time, like mm-hmm. like hundreds of years. So I think it'd be like an old postal worker, and I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see some of that story. But my headcanon is that that's where Thing came from, uh, and that this is all happening because of some kind of multiversal linchpin, or rather, lurchpin, where no? he's the... <laughs> Thing and Lurch are the 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 commonality between those worlds, uh, and so you could uh, cross back and forth between them. In one world, there's a baby, and the and the other one, there's well, not a baby. <laughs> so I yep. would, uh, yeah, I hold that to be true. I hold that to be true. But this is dipping so much into recast and remake, where I would just like to see those two families collide. Yes. I think oh, Granny man. could set that up. I think Granny yep. could set that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam's family resemblance. And then it's just. <laughs> Adam's family the... feud. Yeah. Oh, 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 man. Yes. And then they're all fighting for there can only be one Adam's. <laughs> Starring Steve Harvey, Adam's family feud. And he's just making disappointed faces at both sides. Oh, man. I, I love it. All right, so now, speaking of Recast Remake, um, let's head on over to uh, the part of the show where we'd like to talk to you about Recast and Remakes. Recast Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I would have so much fun um, if we got Guillermo de Toro. And maybe I'm treading water Mm. that we've tread before in previous podcast episodes. Shape of water. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah, I don't know. We've done uh, this twice already, I, and I didn't listen to the other episodes. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe we've said uh, all this before. So maybe I've said this before, but I think Guillermo de Toro's take on the Adams Family reunion script, I think, would be amazing. Yeah. I would. I would love it as much as I would be terrified by it. 
Uh, but I really do think that that would be really, really great. And I'm I'm very shocked that uh, that Burton has not tried to get his hands on doing a claymation version. So, Ricky, I was going to pitch my concept for an Arrested Development style Adams Family <laughs> with Sofia Vergara, but instead. Uh, you mentioned Burton, and I'm going to use my time just to share some exciting news, and that is that Tim Burton is doing a live-action series called Wednesday for Netflix, yes. and they, they're just now releasing some of the cast, but I agree with all of it, specifically Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams oh. and Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia Adams. No way. And so it's live action, and it it uh, is all about Wednesday going to school to develop her psychic abilities. Whoa. Yeah. So if you thought she was sarcastic before, just wait till she can read people's minds. Uh, she is going to be the star. It's Jenna Ortega playing Wednesday. And there's a bunch of new characters they're bringing in because they're going to the school, um, which is the Nevermore Academy, I believe. Um, nice, of course. But they're bringing back Thora Birch. And the reason I say bringing back is because that was Danny in Hocus Pocus. So we're going to ah. maybe see worlds collide. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so great. And I, I know Jenna Ortega from uh, You, mm, mm-hmm. the, the murder series. Yeah. Uh, so great. Oh, but, man, this is going to yeah. be so fun. Well, good. And well, I do think we know. had said that last time. We were like, hey, Tim Burton, why why no Tim Burton? This seems like his thing. And he said, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is going to be really really fun so yeah uh i'm just gonna co-sign on that and i might uh, just, as w- <laughs> I just i might just order this poster because the the series poster for it is pretty awesome it's uh wednesday playing uh what looks like the cello with a butcher's knife uh so a lot of excitement there but stylistically i think i mean i know that they have animated the um the adams family but i do think just a claymation version would just make it just a little bit more unsettling uh and Mm. i think that that would be really really fun especially with with the marvel what if series being what it is and how there are certain things that you can only really see animated uh even just conceptually i think that that would be a really fun uh medium to go with especially after watching paranorman i'm just like i would Mm. watch every movie that is in this style (laughs) i love it so i think that that would be really fun also i think that uh there is room to basically have an adam's family game where it's kind of just this like kind of uh i forget what to call it i can only reference it to that that simpsons tapped out game where basically uh, you're building your whole little town, your own little version of Springfield mm. with the characters. And oh, you're trying it's like to unlock- an Adam's Family simulation building? Yeah. Oh, okay. So basically, you just build this whole little world and you, 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 you buy things or fingers or I don't know what version of uh, currency they would have in the Adam's Family world. But just like you, you have these objectives and all of these other different things that you play out mm. adam's um, family estate oh man <laughs> that's why they keep on making these movies <laughs> it is just so easy to make so these sequel anything names. with family yeah. that's half the fun build out that house 
keep doing add-ons, oh, yeah. Winchester Mansion style. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that would be fun. I I'd, I'd play that. All right. Now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So Grayson, why would you recommend the uh, directed? Video. I keep wanting to say directed DVD. Actually, before I get to there, Grayson, this movie was actually never released on DVD. Oh, uh, that, and that's why I think it was so difficult to find. It was only ever released on VHS and Laserdisc. That's pretty specific. Very specific. Very specific. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, but I would recommend this movie because if you are a fan of the Adams Family properties. This is just one more iteration of it. And yeah. whether it's canon or not canon or what, these characters are bigger than their storylines most of the time, right? That's why mm-hmm. it was so successful in the original sitcom because you could drop them into any situation and yeah. make it work. And really, they've, they've done that here as well. Like you said, if this were the first one you were watching, you'd be like, oh, this is an updated version. I see how this works. Um, but the first two were just so strong and so tied together. I think that's where people trip up on this. Uh, but I mean, the the reason to watch this movie is Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah. Their dynamic, their chemistry is so good. And when you're looking at you know, being true to the characters throughout all the iterations of it, that dynamic between morticia and gomez has to work you have to believe that they are madly in love with each other and Mm -hmm. and the world is crazy not them so right that's the kind of thing that you have to get that right in each version for it to work and they did in this with everything else happening around them it works and really what what's fascinating about the structure of this movie is you could they try to make it extremely ensemble, right? Where like the mm-hmm. first couple movies, it was either like Uncle Fester's story or Gomez's story and all this. But this this one is so equally distributed that you could, you know, uh, vantage point cut each of these where you just follow each member and their story. But the Gomez Morticia moments are so strong that it carries the entire film. Uh, and that is partially due to the dynamic of those characters, but a lot of it is Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah really leaning in to honor the spirit of these characters. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's very interesting. It's a, It's difficult to redo a movie cast and character uh, when everyone has already beloved any cast or character. I mean, I mean, we're talking Spider-Man. It's hard to mm-hmm. recast a Spider-Man. It's hard to recast a Batman or a Joker or any character whose previous performer was iconic. So they, they were faced with a difficult task. And I will give that movie this, you know, like they had a tall order, right? But they also wanted to be distinctly different, and they achieved that. Uh, it's not what you were expecting, especially when you had the other movie in existence, and especially when you're going to call it a sequel or successor or offshoot. Uh, but it it is uniquely Adams, if I'm if that makes sense. Like even though it did not uh, deliver. Uh, the same caliber of budget or story or even performance, uh, it still brought you what 
people really love about the Adams family, which is a family dynamic that is so intimately connected to one another um, and so disconnected from society. Uh, but ultimately, they are just all about each other. And uh, and I thought it was really fun. And again, you, it started out not really um, being what I wanted it to be. But by the end of it, I was like, that wasn't half bad. That actually wasn't half bad, and the performance is there, and the and the jokes are there, mm. uh, and so ultimately, I recommend it for that. Especially if you want more Adams in your in your life, uh, you can also enjoy Diet Adams. <laughs> yep, and it's cheaper than Adams Family Counseling. Where's that? That sounds like an HBO series <laughs> coming to HBO Max. To really dig into the psychology part of yes. the Adams family. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love for them to do a, a, a series where it's just called Family Values and it's just like this normal person um, who ultimately uh, becomes a serial killer and it just ends with them finding out that they are an Adams. Uh, and then it just, you know. It becomes an Adam's Family series by proxy. Uh, Man, if Showtime brought Dexter back just to end it again with him becoming a member of the Adams Family, like, oh, ha! And, they call it family practice, and then it becomes Adam's Family practice. There we go. It's practice makes perfect. Uh and that is our review of the 1998 direct-to-video movie, The Addams Family Reunion. Uh, let us know what you remember about The Addams Family Reunion. And if you if you don't remember anything, go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. The entire movie is just straight up on regular YouTube. Uh, so watch it. And let us know on our social media what you think about The Addams Family Reunion movie uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at flashback flicks and it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice it's october so on a scale of one to five things or lurches or guillotines mm, classic rating system <laughs> of how well things are going oh man i give this five guillotines oh oh, oh. so you liked it or you hated it. Either way, heads are going to roll. Oh. Ooh. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With 007. No time to die. You ain't got time Just for it. Super busy. <laughs> Making its way to theaters, we decided to uh, find a movie that had some time to die. Uh, So we are going to review the 1992 American satirical black comedy fantasy film, Death Becomes Her. Mm. Oh, Bruce Willis is in this. (laughs) Spoiler alert, (laughs) Death Becomes Him (laughs) the whole time.